Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky and welcome to Round 8 TLT Reactions. Already up to Round 8. Uh, interesting slate of games this week. Not many barnstormers, a couple of interesting games, some lower teams playing each other, some of the some of the higher teams getting a getting a week to really fine tune and keep their momentum rolling. So, like I said, it's going to be not not the most interesting one in terms of I think the results are pretty up in the air for only maybe two. It's pretty pretty stock standard. I think what we're going to see throughout the round. Uh, but some of the some of the coaches have made some interesting changes due to suspension and injuries. So we'll get straight into it. So first up, we have got the uh, the Thursday night game of the week. It's the Canberra Raiders hosting. The South Sydney Rabbitohs. For the Raiders, two changes. Joe Crocker out with a shoulder injury. That moves Sebastian Chris in from the wing into the centres. And Bailey Simonson returns from his head knock on the wing. Josh Pabaliti has been rested for this game. So it does recall Joseph Tarpanay into the into the bench role there. For the Rabbitohs, only the one change. Tavita Totola is out due to his head knock. So Joe Arrow moves into the starting forward pack. And Patrick Mogo is the new man on the bench. So, yep, interesting one here. Obviously, the Raiders, a bit of a form sum at the moment. I think the loss of Charles Nickel Clocks that we've spoken about for a couple of podcasts now is really starting to show up. He's one of the most underrated, not just fullbacks, but players in the game. I think you're really starting to miss that. Um, I was a bit surprised that Caleb Bacon retained the starting fullback jersey. I thought that uh, Ricky may have gone and picked, you know, even a Curtis Scott a fullback or, a tri- or George Rampana a fullback and tried something different. But he's only made the two the two changes here. So Bailey, Bailey Simonson back on the wing. Uh, he'll partner Sebastian Chris on that edge. And the four pack remains, remains the same except for Papa Lee. So I don't know. I don't see where their form is going to really turn around. They've stuck with the majority of the same team here. So it's all going to be up to the four pack here. Ryan James, Emre Gula, Howie Ranira, and Ryan Sutton there. I think those are the, the key forwards here. They've got to get the game rolling the first 20 minutes. Because like it was last week, getting off to the start was not the problem for the Raiders. It was fading very late. So you look at the bench there, Tarpany, Horsberg, and Young. Pretty three, three pretty dynamic young forwards that come on and make an impact. So I do like their uh, interchange bench more. Havili there still does surprise me. Matt Tomoko is in the reserves. Would it surprise me if they do switch Tomoko into there just to have a bit of coverage on the, on the edge in case something does go wrong? I could see that happening, but... I do like the forward rotation a little bit better this week. Uh, obviously, probably will come back in and be a force in this side, but just to ride the ship, I think a bit more of a mobile pack here. I do like the look of it there. For the Rabbitohs, another week without Latrell Mitchell. The up and down game they had last week. Cody Walker at fullback should play a pivotal role here. And we've also got Benji Marshall in the six partnering Reynolds again. In the four pack, Joy Arrow finally gets his first start of the season. In he, I believe his preferred role as a prop forward, just taking up the meters. So it'll be interesting there. Kulamatungi and Sua in the back row. Uh, Kulamatungi, obviously, a standout player last week. Jaden Sua hasn't really had that impact game yet this season. Um, everyone's kind of waiting for him to really crack on with it. But to me, the player I'm watching here is Damian Cook. Really inconsistent in terms of, you know, his, his quiet games are, you know, still top five hooker in the comp, but more about getting up to that, that elite level of, you know, Game in, game out, just wrecking the games with his running game or his his shifty play the ball uh, skills around that dummy half, you know, hitting the crash plays and all those type of things. I really want to see an impact game here from Damian Cook. 
Moving on to the next game, it's the uh, Melbourne Storm hosting the Cronulla Sharks at Amy Park. For the Melbourne Storm, we've got George Jennings out with a head knock, so Tom, Tom Eisenhuth moves into the sentence, and that pushes Remus Smith onto the wing. Nelson Osofa Solomona is out with a head knock, so he has his spot in the side has been taken by Riley Jacks, and that moves Kamakamika back into the 13 jersey. For the Cronulla Sharks, Matt Moylan is in the reserve, so he has a chance to play. Josh Dugan is out of the centres in place of new recruit Will Chambers. And Aidan Tolman is back from suspensions. So that moves Braden Hamuyaweli back onto the bench. Talakai is out due to his suspension. Wade Graham has moved back into the starting side uh, after coming back from his head knocks. So that moves Teague Wilton back to the bench. And Billy Magulius also drops off. Obviously, I don't think this is going to be a very close game. I think the Melbourne Storm, especially at Amy Park, will fire here. But the Cronulla Sharks, again, one of those frisky teams ever since the sacking of John Morris, obviously has gone down in a lot of people's minds in terms of what they can do in terms of challenging the top sides in this competition. But, you know, when you just look at their roster, you know, Kennedy, Hiroti, Chambers, Ramian, you know, there's some there's some impact in the backs, in their forward pack. I do like Aiden Tolman moving into that forward pack with Aaron Woods. I think it does shore up the rotation, and you can use Hamian Welly as a bit more of an impact forward off the bench. But I think this, this is all about the, the Mama Storm. I think Nico Hines showed last week. Obviously, no Ryan Pappenhausen. That's a huge loss, but Nico Hines comes in and does such a great job for them. Munster and Hughes is quietly becoming the best half combination in the game. And this week, with no Solomon, I think you will see more of the Brandon Smith running 13 uh, with Harry Grant coming in at 9. I think this is going to be the game where you really see those two pop off again, similar to what they did in the Brisbane game. I think it's going to be a very big game from those two guys. And I do believe they'll, uh, along with Nico Hines, decide the outcome of this game in a pretty convincing win from the Melbourne Storm. From the Sharks, it's all about, you know, just making sure they keep up with what they've been doing prior to the John Morris sacking. You know, the first the first game without them at the Knights, it was a bit up and down. They got down a couple of times. And last week, not really in the game. So, going to be very interesting for me just to see how they do push on here. They don't want to get beaten. You know, Melbourne, like I said, have they've been that team that just wants to put the foot on the throat all season for these teams. So, I expect nothing less here. You know, if I had a prediction, I think Adokar has another monster game. Uh, but it's around the 9 and the 14. I think Harry Grant and Brandon Smith can really get up here. But if from a, from a Shark side, I think this forward pack is probably one of their better ones uh, that they can lay onto the field at one time. I like the 8-13. to 13. I think it's very strong. You know, Nikora and Graham on the edges, Rudolph through the middle. And then you have, obviously, Woods and Tolman taking the ball up. And then on the bench, you know, Wilton, Williams, and Ueli coming on. I do think this is probably one of the better four packs without Talakai there. So, don't think it's going to be an ultra-competitive game, but I do think, you know, it'll be worth a watch. I think Melbourne will put up a score, but it'll be interesting to see if Sharks can keep it close and keep it competitive. Move on to the second Friday game. It's the Brisbane Broncos hosting the Gold Coast Titans. Big changes for the Brisbane Broncos. The halves have been dropped. So Brody Croft due to form. Tom Dearden, they'll say form, but obviously he did sign his three-year deal with the Cowboys this week. So not in the future plans of Kevin Walter. So no issues there with him getting dropped. We've also got a force change in the centers. So Dave and me drops out. That brings Jesse Arthurs into the starting side. And Tom, uh, sorry, Jordan Ricky retains his spot on the edge with Alice Glenn's injury. 
For the Gold Coast Titans, Anthony Don is expected to play after recovering from his injury. So that also brings Herman Essie onto his first uh, run on with the side. Patrick Herbert is out with his calf injury, and Sam Lasone is the one who drops out as well. This is going to be a very interesting game. A lot of people will just pencil in the, the Titans for a big win here, but I'm not so sure of it. If I had to tip an upset for the week, this is the one I would go for. Now, is this the best and strongest Broncos pack we've seen or see even this season compared to previous? No, of course not. I do like the unpredictability in Milford and Gamble as a half combination. I think Gamble, you know, big body, and from all reports, everyone at the club really likes him. You heard Payne Haas really uh, give him a glowing review. I think Milford getting dropped for the first time in his career down a reserve grade is going to light a bit of a spark under him. And, you know, this forward pack, again, you know, Lodge, Haas, Ricky, Pangai Jr., Carrigan is the starting. There's a lot worse in the comp. So, to me, this is all about, can the Broncos get a nice start in this game? You know, as Asako come in, he's been a quiet for a couple of weeks now. I want to see that, that tackle-breaking ability from Asako coming around the back. And, you know, Jesse Arthur is, is a capable replacement. I think David Mead was punching overs in the first couple of rounds with his performances. You know, Corey Oates is getting his feet, his footing back in first grade. It's just, to me, it's an interesting Broncos team. And, you know, if they go out and lose by 30, you know, I'm not going to be absolutely shocked. But if they do get the win, again, I'm not going to be shocked because the team we'll talk about next, the Titans, you know, a bit inconsistent, but they do have the players to really put it on here. So speaking about the Titans, you know, this is a game for me. I got this down as the AJ Brimson game. I think he's about to really pop off. He hasn't really had that marquee Brimson game we saw how he ended the season last year. Ball of fire is running through the middle of the field. This is the game I could potentially see that happening in. This is obviously also the game the day for Feeder returned to Suncorp to play his old team. We saw what he did at Seabus earlier in the year, just ran over the halves a couple of times. So this is going to be the Titans. If they're real contenders this year, this is the game they should go up there and really put a score on here. So a lot of people will be tipping this one as, an out, as a blowout, you know. But to me, I don't think it's going to be that far off. You know, Jamal Fogarty, Corey Thompson, Brimson, Kelly. Yep, their strikes in the back. Their forward pack, you know, Fortawaker, Fafida, Peachy. Tino's not playing this game. Still one more week away from his suspension. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. And, you know, they didn't really put a good account of themselves in Darwin. Obviously not. They got blown off the park by Parramatta. Completely different side. But to me... Brody Croft and Tom Dearden, I love Tom Dearden signing for the Cowboys, but partnering him next to a guy like Dearden, uh, Brody Croft, I don't think, you, you know, you're, you're paying, giving the guy the best chance to succeed. Tyson Gamble with the unknown, with him and Milford, I at least want to see it. So I'm very interested to see what it's going to be. Uh, but again, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward, especially, you know, even if they lose this game, just a nice performance here from Brisbane. If they can really put a performance that shows that, you know, they're making steps forward. I think that's all that Kevy's going to want, you know. He's not going to want to have to string five wins here. I think that's a bit unrealistic for this pack right now. But in terms of just, you know, getting some good performances, not getting blown out of the park, you know, showing some improvements on offense, that, that's exactly what this Broncos team needs. And for the Titans, again, if you're a true contender this season, we need to see some go forward from this four pack, really roll over, and then have Ash Taylor and Jamal Foley link Sammy and Kelly and put a bit of a number on here because, again... The good teams, the teams hang around. If they do hang around, there's no there's no question of the result. So that's what I really want to see. And just one last thing on this game, really liking the the makeup of this Titans bench moving forward. Aaron Clark as a utility hooker off the bench. Jamin Jolliffe 
SESE running through the middle and McIntyre on an edge. Really love that. So they're slowly becoming one of these teams that are starting to be a bit more well-rounded. We get Tino back into this side moving forward. I like what I'm seeing here from the Titans. The first Saturday game, we've got the Penrith Panthers going to Bathurst hosting the Manly Seagulls. For the Panthers, a huge in. Abby Corusau is in, so that moves Mitch Kenny into the reserves. And we've got St- um, Stephen Crichton, who obviously will move back onto his edge like he played last week with Dylan Brown getting through the game unscathed last week. For the Manly Eagles, there's no changes. They are 1-17 to as they were last week. Curtis Sirenet and, Moaz- and Moses Suli, it looks like they're at least another week away from their injuries. This is a very interesting game. Another one where... A lot of teams will think that the Panthers have this outright. But, you know, a dry track on a Saturday Arvo in Bathurst, this flying Manly team, I can see some things happening. I don't think they're going to knock them off by any means, but I think it's going to be a very competitive game to what people may think. This Panthers team obviously rolling, but not really blowing teams out of the park, just doing enough, like I said, not, you know, playing with their food in a way. But, like I said, the the outcome's never really in doubt. So... I want to see them really kick up a level and, you know, the makeup about this Tom Turbo return and Manly really becoming a force in this comp. This is the game where a, a pack like the Penrith Panthers would really want to stamp their authority to say, this team is not with us. This team is not on the level. So that's what I kind of look for here. I'm looking for Leota, Fisher-Harris and Kikau, especially those three guys, to really take it to the Pasekas, to Powell and Schuster, you know. Really take it to them and show them that this team is not in our league. You know, that there is a clear balance of power in this comp and this team is not in our balance here. So, going to be very interesting to me. The four-pack is a huge battle. I think the backs, you know, obviously the halves, Kieran Ford and Cherry Evans versus Luai and Cleary. Two totally different makeups of half combinations. Dylan Edwards and Turbo, again, two very different style playing fullbacks. So, I like the contrasting makeup of the, of the backs here. But to me, it's going to be one through the middle. I think we're going to see a real impact game. I think back to when Parramatta went to Penrith last year. Parramatta, you know, got the win at Bankwest. They went into Panther Stadium and, you know, everyone was saying, what could be, you know, this team is the only team that's beaten this year. And the Panthers pack, I believe, took it personally and really, really dominated Parramatta on that night. And as a Parramatta fan, I was watching and going, you know, after 10 minutes, this isn't close. And the impact that the line speed they had in the first five minutes was the same in the 75th minute. To me, it's not going to surprise me at all if we look up and go, oh, this is the week that Penrith put 40 on a team. This is the this is the one where the Panthers, four packs, you know, Leota, Lanou, Eisenhuth, you know, some of the guys that haven't really been making impacts this year really make an impact. So that's what I'm looking for in this game. I'm looking for if Bailey can really take a fight to them, but I'm more looking at the forward battle to see how Penrith come out and really try and lay a platform to allow Luai, Coruscant, Edwards, and Cleary to really dominate this game. Moving on to the next game, it's the the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs hosting the Parramatta Eels from Stadium Australia. For the Bulldogs, Matt Dury and Chris Smith have been named, but they will need to pass their protocols for their head knocks last week. Uh, Daniel Martins Lesniak is listed amongst the reserves, so that means Nick Meany will hold the fullback jersey. Brad Dietz is in doubt with an ankle injury, so that has Brendan Wakem on standby. And for the Parramatta Eels, Hayes Dunsa moves into the interchange bench, replacing Will Smith, who has a broken thumb. Ryan Madison has been named on the bench uh, to make his return. So uh, Grigg moves off onto the reserves there. 
this is the game as a Parramatta fan. I'm normally one of the ones here to say, you know, this is gonna be a, this is a real chance to, you know, a trap game. But to me, Parramatta is playing in such great form right now, where you know even the Bulldogs, pretty confident after they got a win last week. This is this is a game where Parramatta should really come out and lay lay the smack down again, like they did with the Broncos last week. When you look all over the park, you know the 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 reason why I believe the Canterbury Banks and Bulldogs got the win last week. You know their full pack did roll. I don't see them happening this week against this Parramatta side. I think this Parramatta side will be too far too convincing through the middle. It'll be interesting to see if Rod Madison does come into the starting side for Lane or Papali'i, or if they will uh, bring him off the bench. Obviously, Kara had a great game last week, as did Kafusi and Hayes Dunsar. They're going to try and blood him here and see what they have there. And it's going to be very interesting, you know, if Gutherson does get caught into origin duty, all of a sudden now there will be an opening for a guy like Hayes Dunster to come in and play some games. So, Parramatta obviously now just trying to start trying some things. But in no means is this a walkover. Like I said, the Bulldogs got got their win last week. You know, they're starting to really gel as a team and they're, they're now starting to keep the same 1-17 to together, which is always a positive. If, if the guys like playing with each other and get that familiarity about them, the performances will come. So, you know, Nick Meany does offer a bit more, I believe, as a ball player regard, uh, than Dallin. Uh, and then when you just look at this back line, Kotrick and Hopalati have now played together a couple of times in a row. Allen and Katoa played a couple of times together in a row. Avril and Flanagan showing some good some good partnership there. Since Thompson's come in, the four-packs improved. So there's definitely signs that Trent Barris getting this team in the right direction. Uh, but I don't think this is the week they're going to really steal a victory. I think Paramount's going to come in here. To me, this is the Clint Gutherson show. I'd love to say it's a Dylan Brown show to really get his season kickstarted like I thought it would. But to me, Gutho's going to be all around the park here. I think Reed Mine will be sniffing around the dummy half when you have Campbell Gillard and Paulo offloading the ball. You know, Reed will take that ball. Gutho will be there linking up in support. That's how this game, I believe, will go. And, you know, is Marcus even a crash over for another hat trick? Very possible. He's up against the Katoa and Allen side. I could see some definite success there. You have Papali'i, and then you'll have Madison coming on at some stage, potentially. So, to me, this is a paramount victory through and through. Uh, if the Bulldogs win, I'll be very shocked. This would probably be, you know, if one team won and one team lost, this would probably be the biggest one to me that I would have the the biggest shock on this week. But I do think it's a paramount victory. Uh, and, again, for the Bulldogs, keep it close, see what you have. And if you can if you can eke out a victory, then, you know, you've knocked off a team you don't deserve to really beat. Uh, and you'll be, you know, two wins in a row moving forward with um, nothing but positive things moving forward, I guess. Move on to the last game on Saturday. It's the Newcastle Knights hosting the Sydney Roosters. For the Knights, Lachlan Fitzgibbon has been listed amongst the reserves as well as Tex Hoy. But it looks like they're probably going to be fed through New South Wales Cup to get the get the legs under them. And for the Sydney Roosters, James Sesco has been named, but is in severe doubt after getting a head knock. He'll be on a six-day turnaround going through the concussion protocol. So we do have we do have Joseph Sawali and Matt Ikavalu listed amongst the reserves, so one of them will come in. Uh, it's expected that Joey Manu will probably shift into fullback, and then you will have Sawali or Matt Ikavalu named on the on the wing or in the centres there. So for this game. You know, it's going to be interesting, you know, at the start of the season, you're probably looking at this and going, Sydney Roosters in a whitewash here, but, you know, if no Tedesco, all of a sudden, a lot of pressure then falls on Sam Walker, which, again, most of the game last week, they did play without James Tedesco, but I think, you know, that was at home, this is away against, you know, the on and off night side, much improved since Kalen Ponga has come back into the side, but this forward pack to me, just, I haven't really seen it, you know, 
there's word that Clemmer's picked up a little injury here. He's playing through injury, trying to tough it out. Saifidi hasn't really looked like the player he did in the first couple of rounds. And it's going to be very interesting. Fitzgibbon will be back next week. So does Barnett move back into 13, Fitzgibbon on an edge, and that pushes Watson back into the bench? So I think this for, for a couple of Knights players here, this is a very big game. So that's why I'm very interested to see if the Knights can get up here because I think individually there's a lot of players that have a lot resting on this performance. And a good performance here can hold your spot in this team. Edric Lee is due back next week from the looks of it. So Brayden Musgrove or Toa, to- to- who's going to get the spot there. So a couple of, you know, when, when teams get some players back, it's very interesting to see then who does step up as the players in that, step, in that size stepping up. When you look at Parramatta with Ryan Madison, who's been out and making that return, Papali'i has just really stamped his approval. That's his jersey. So could definitely see something here, you know. To me, Mitch Barnett is a classic case of this, you know. He really looks like he enjoys playing on that edge, getting some early ball, you know, some chance for attacking stats. Uh, does he want to go through the middle and, you know, play 60 minutes instead of playing 80 on an edge? So to me, that's a huge one. Connor Watson obviously probably has the most to lose in this game. If he's going to get up and around the ball, really, you know, lay a platform, you know, offer a bit of creative creativeness around the edges. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in this game from a Newcastle side. But from a Rooster side, again, if James Tedesco does not play, a lot will fall then on to Joey Manu, who is a very capable fullback. You've got Sam Walker there. Lachlan Lamb looks like he's at least a week away. So Drew Hutchison may be on the outer there. So you may look at, you know, Drew Hutchison as a, as a potential, you know, big game for him moving forward because he might want to try and get his spot there. Takiyaho, who was out last week, isn't amongst the interchange bench this week. So Isaac Liu, you know, does he all get all to go back to the bench because Radley's back in the 13 jersey. So to me, it's all about now what's going to happen here in terms of this is it to me. This game is all about who's going to keep their spot next week when some troops start coming back, when the team start getting filled up, who's going to be there. So very interesting game. I think it could go either way. I'll give the edge to the Roosters, but a very interesting game and one I'll definitely be watching this week. Move on to the second last game. It's the first Sunday game. It's the New Zealand Warriors hosting the Gold Coast. Uh, sorry, the North Queensland Cowboys from Central Coast Stadium in Gosford. For the Warriors, Josh Curran was successful in getting his careless high tackle charge down greater, so he will take his spot. Tohu Harris, Adam Pompey, and David Fusatua are all named to make their return. And a positional swift, Reese Walsh, man on debut last week, will move into the sixth jersey. That puts Roger Tulvasashek back into the fullback jersey. So lots of changes and switching around for the Warriors there. From the Cowboys side, Jason Tomololo has been named, but will need to get through a contact session on Thursday to make his uh, spot in the team uh, confirmed. Jordan McLean also has a hamstring injury. He needs to also pass a last-minute test. So Peter Holler and Tom Gilbert are the men on standby there for the Cowboys. This, to me, is probably the one that I'll be watching the close, most closely this week. I think this is an outstanding game. Recent form between these two sides, you know, when they do play, it always does seem to be a great game. And to me, this, you know, Reese Walsh moving to the six we saw at the end of that game. It was a tough game for the the Warriors down there in Melbourne. But, you know, at the end of the game, Reese Walsh, you know, a pass for a try, a kick for a try. He's a very classy player from the looks of it. And him getting his hands on the ball more, I do like the idea of that. Roger Tulvasa-Shek. We spoke about it in the review. Out of position for the first time in seven years in the line. Much more suited to being the fullback there. And Reese Walsh is going to get those reps at the sixth jersey. I think that's a fine place for him to play, especially for the next, you know, five to six weeks while Harris Tavita is still out. So all about that. Keeping his spot there and Adam Poppe coming in. 
To me, obviously, you've got Ewan Aiken, who's probably back within the next one to two weeks, but this is very close to their best one to one to seven um, that they can throw out there, especially until Harris Tabita can come back. So I do like the makeup of this. Their forward pack, obviously, ravaged with injuries. Tanua Brown and Kane Evans, not the best starting front row combination in the game, but I do like their back row in Curran, Murdoch Masilla, and Tohu Harris. I do like the, you know, Tohu, a very rangy player who can, you know, a lot of experience there in Curran who's very crafty and adds a bit of grunt and Murdoch Masilla just being the wrecking ball that he is. So I do like aspects of this Warriors team, but especially the back line. I think if they're going to win this game, it's going to be the Reese Walsh and Cody Nicarima show. And you're going to have Roger Tuovas-Shek wanting to bounce back after a bit of a down game last week on the wing. For the Cowboys, they're just going to try and keep rolling three wins in a row. They'll try and make it four here. Valentine Holmes, since he has moved to fullback, has been outstanding. Drinkwater and Hampton, we've spoken about it, has hold their, held their own very well. And their four pack, a very underrated four pack, you know, they're getting, uh, there's no argument, their best player back here in Jason Tomalolo this week. So you know you're adding him to add, take some pressure off Hess, McLean, Condon, and Wright. I'd love it. And, you know, off their bench, Burr, Molo, Jensen. I'm just really liking that Todd Payton's starting to get their, their team about them. And again, you got Tom Dearden and you got Chan Townsend coming up next season. Scott Drinkwater, you know, they started negotiating with him. This is a huge game for Scott Drinkwater. Since the last time they've played, they've now got their, what it seems to be, their locked-in halves for next season. So Scott Drinkwater now has got a really ball out here to get it, to earn a new contract here at the Cowboys. So very interesting game to me. I think it will be one through the backs. I think the four packs for these teams are pretty pretty even there. I think it's going to be definitely two of us a check and Holmes. You know, which, team, which of their fullbacks gets the... Gets to go forward, you know, in the backs. Who doesn't make errors? Both teams pretty good with the completion rates, especially the Warriors in, you know, creating some of the best completion rates we have seen in the last couple of years. So an interesting game to me. I think it's going to go down to the wire, and I will give it to the Warriors in a very close game here. But I think a little bit of Reese Walsh magic uh, in the six jersey will get him over the line there. And last game of the round, it's the St. George Illawarra Dragons hosting the West Tigers from Wynn Stadium. For the Dragons, Ben Hunt is expected to play, so that moves Adam Clune back to the bench. We've also got Rava Lava and Jordan Pereira, who are suspended. So that does cause a bit of a reshuffle. So you got Max Fagi, who moves into the starting side, and he will take the place there. Jack Burr moves back into the centres to accommodate for Ben Hunt. And for the West Tigers, no changes uh, since earlier in the week. That's been named, so no late ones here. So we have got Joey Lailua, returning into the side. And we've got Joe Offenigo moving into the 13 jersey. Luke Garner moving back into the starting second row spot. And that moves Stefano back to the bench. So in this game here, the, the Tigers need a win here. The Tigers really need to get, you know, the, the CEO, the chairman's come out and, you know, labeled some of the criticism unfair. There's been talk about Madge McGuire. You know, is he on the Aussie on the hot seat? Is it Ivan Cleary's fault? At the end of the day, this is the 17 that they've chosen to get them out of this hole, and they need to really play well. This Dragons team, you know, had a nice little patch there, showing a little bit of inconsistency now. So, you know, the Tigers, they went up to Newcastle and were able to get a win against the inconsistent Knights team. This could very well be the same thing. I'll be tipping the Dragons in this one just because I think Ben Hunt was playing fantastic footy before his injury. And when you look at this side now, the 1-7, to seven, I love it. You know, the forward pack, Josh McGuire coming off the bench really solidifies the forward pack. So when you look at this on paper, the Dragons should get the win here. But again, this is definitely reminding me of that 
that Knights Tigers game uh, where the Tigers went up there and you know lots of errors from the Knights that day. You know if the if the Dragons aren't switched on here, the the Tigers could really try and jump them. This is a turning into a bit of a must win now for the Tigers to keep keep pace with the eight and take some pressure off the coach and the and the club board here. So you know who am I looking for in this game? I think Dane Laurie has had a couple of quiet two weeks now. I'm expecting Dane Laurie to really come out here and fire. Adam Dewey and Luke Brooks need to be better. Again, you know, Jake Simkin has come in and done a role. Uh, you know, Jacob Little still amongst the reserve, so he's got to obviously keep those performances rolling because Jacob Little will come back into the side and offer something like he did in those first couple of rounds. But to me, the back three, the the, the back row here for the Tigers is where it's going to be the key. Luke Garner, Luciano Leluajo, Offen and Gawe. Three players they actually really need a lot out of here. They really need Luke Garner to be the damaging edge player he was a couple of seasons ago. Luciano's done his job this season. He's been easily the form player of this Tiger side. He needs to keep trying to create some offense on that edge and really become a matchup problem for some of these halves defending him. And Joe Offen and Galloway came down from the Broncos. This is the game where he really needs to stamp his authority. A couple of seasons ago, talks about who was one of the better young forwards in the comp. His name was getting mentioned in those. He needs to really stand up here and put a great performance. He's in that 13 jersey. He'll be around the middle of the field. I expect a big game from Joe O here. And if it's not, then I think, you know, the, the, the Tigers will need to start looking at some options because, you know, they're moving Twal from lock to prop. They're moving Joe O from second row to prop to lock. Garner from bench to starting. Stefano bench to starting to bench. They're, they're still trying to find a lot of things, but they're using the same players in different roles here. So some of these players are going to be on the hot seat soon to say, look, we've given you chances in two and three areas here. You need to start performing. So... Can be very interesting. Another one I'm looking forward to, just in terms of two teams that you know need to start getting some wins together here to get their season back on track. So my tip in this one, the Dragons will win. I do think Nofaluma will have a big game and keep uh, Nofaluma and Luciano will have big games to keep the Tigers in it. But I do think Ben Hunt will get them over the line with Matt Dufty scoring a couple there. And that will do it for the round eight TLT guys. Thanks for tuning in. I uh, will be back obviously later in the week with the Sunday recap. And we also have a Origin special coming very soon. So we'll talk about some early Origin predicted lineups and some, some things we're looking out for there. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.